Future Pulse, Patients First, investigating innovative cardiovascular research with a patient-oriented clinical outcome focus. I'm Dr. Thomas Nero, clinical and interventional cardiologist and director of cardiovascular research at CAFC. Welcome to Patient Pulse. I'm Dr. Thomas Nero. Today, I have the absolute pleasure of speaking with one of the national leaders in cardiology and lipid management, Dr. Christopher Cannon. Dr. Cannon is a professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School and the author of over a thousand papers. I have to admit, I haven't read all of them, but today we're going to be talking with him about cholesterol management and specifically how to improve outcomes early after heart attacks by lowering cholesterol early and aggressively. Thank you for being with us, Dr. Cannon. Thank you very much for having me. We know that patients who have heart disease, especially after a heart attack, need to lower their cholesterols, and almost everyone in the hospital started on a statin. Why would we want to add another medication into the mix so early after an initial event? A very good question. We've seen certainly in long-term trials that the lower we get the LDL cholesterol, the bad cholesterol, the fewer subsequent heart attacks or strokes happen. Right after a heart attack, it's obviously the most vulnerable time for another heart attack. And so the idea is that if we start the most intensive treatment early on, we may see even bigger benefit than if we slowly add one medication after the next. So Evolucumab, also known as Repatha, the drug that we're going to be studying in Evolvimi has been available clinically now for a number of years. And I've been very impressed with its ability to lower LDL cholesterol. It really does the job. Why don't we just start patients on this drug rather than starting it on a statin like we normally do? Well, a big factor is cost, that as a new agent, it costs more than the statins that are generic. And so quite responsibly, we try and use the least expensive medications that we can. But many people don't get as low a cholesterol as they need. And so the idea would be to add this to get to new low levels and see if it's better or not. And if it is, then that would change how we can use this in the future. So this trial design is really something that's new and unique. What's so new about this trial? This is one of the so-called pragmatic trials where we try to be as simple and straightforward as possible and fit into regular clinical practice, adding in the new question but trying to keep everything else the same. And so we've tried to simplify things. There are many aspects of the trial mechanics behind the scenes, but then for patients, we'll be giving study medication, then mailing it to their homes, as opposed to having to come in and do study visits with the research nurse. So try to, again, make it simpler and hence be able to do more trials like this to get the answers that we need for how to best treat patients. And that's part of one of those important pieces about clinical trials is that every medication that we use is because somebody else was in a clinical trial before and trying to simplify that process so that more people can be involved and that all of our patients can not just get better, but that we can help each other. We're looking to add in half of the patients the new strong cholesterol-lowering medication early on, but there aren't limitations. We want to see how does this fit into clinical practice. I should also note that in terms of monitoring safety, 
this agent has been around for a long time, but we are collecting all the important safety information. So keeping all the important parts of a trial in this pragmatic trial, but trying to reduce some of the burdensome, unnecessary things. So the trial is going to be an open-label trial, and the patients are going to know whether they're getting the intervention or not. And the patients who are in the non-intervention arm, what is expected of them, and can we add on a PCSK9 inhibitor later if we deem that it's necessary? The treatment is definitely open to the physicians, and we recommend and we'll be sharing all the current guidelines so that we want to compare this new strategy to the best current strategy. In current practice, these agents are only added if after hydostatin and azetamibe, the LDL is still above 70. That's when an insurance company would say, okay, that's our current basis that you would add it on. And so that sequential treatment should be the background, and we'd expect some people may get that. And so then we'll know if earlier starting is, is any better than the current strategy. We're going to be enrolling patients really early after heart attacks, and we'll talk to them about being in the trial and hopefully get things started quite quickly. What can they expect after that? What is going to be their involvement as far as the trial is concerned? In the study, all the routine care will continue, and then there'll be contacts with surveys about every three months to check in on how you're doing, and sometimes a phone call if needed. The study team will then track blood tests and follow-up visits through the electronic health record, so trying to make it as easy as possible, really, for the patient to not have to do extra work just for the study. I'm assuming that you'll also involve their primary physicians as you're going forward. Certainly, everyone would be informed of what the current treatment plan is within the trial, and then we'll monitor what happens over time. In a perfect world, what do you hope to approve with this trial? The hypothesis or the, the thought of why we're testing this is that trying to treat earlier to very low levels of LDL might help stabilize the plaques in the heart arteries and then prevent heart attacks and strokes more than our current strategy. Earlier may be better, but we really have to prove that in order to change the practice, and so hence this trial to evaluate it. When do you think that we're going to know the answer? Amazingly, these trials take a long time. We're hoping to enroll all the patients, though, quite quickly, so within the next year. And then we anticipate about three years of follow-up. But, you know, this is what, as you pointed out, all the prior trials have done this, and then we build on that one by one. It is amazing how much goes on behind the scenes before you're able to add on a new medication or change what we're doing. And I think that it's been impressive to me how glacially slow change happens. So the final question for you is, you have a lot of interest. You've been involved in thousands of different studies and looking through your CV, it's just encyclopedic. What's next for you? What are you thinking about now beyond this trial? This trial is off and running. What should patients be thinking about are the next big things? What are you interested in as far as cardiovascular disease and cardiovascular disease prevention? It is a very exciting time. I follow a few areas. In the cholesterol space, there are other kinds of bad cholesterol that also have new treatments being developed. So lipoprotein A is one that's very actively being looked at. Triglycerides are another type of bad cholesterol that also have other new agents that can reduce it. So lots of things happening 
in the cholesterol space. The other mega change is in diabetes and obesity, where new medications have big effects on changing the metabolism, have big weight loss with the glycoprotein receptor 1 agonists or GLP-1 receptor agonists, and improvements in heart attack and stroke risk. So they change these important risk factors, but then have fewer heart problems down the line. So the overlap between diabetes, obesity, and cardiology is now very broad, and we're really seeing that lots and lots of patients can benefit. So that's the other real hot area. Although there's lots of new things happening in just about every part of cardiology, so it's really an exciting time in the field. I think I chose well when I decided to become a cardiologist years ago. Uh, And I do remember one lecture that you gave a a number of years ago, and I'm sitting in the audience as a young cardiologist saying that essentially that we all had to start becoming diabetologists as well. Dr. Cannon, I can't thank you enough for being with us today. Thank you, obviously, for everything you've done for the advancement of cardiovascular medicine and helping our patients. And, you know, thanks for taking the time. I know that you're busy, so I really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. 